Hi, and welcome to Podcash, the portable CPD and best practice podcast from Cash. My name's Dawn, and I'm the editor of Cash Alumni, the fastest growing network of current and future professionals in care, health, and education. You can join us for free at cashalumni.org.uk and get access to articles from subject specialists and experts, e-learning to a discount and benefits scheme, and lots of support with career development and your future growth. So my name's Lucy Lewin. Um, I'm the founder of Little Angels Day Nursery in uh, in the Midlands. However, I've also now created a new business called the Profitable Nursery Academy. And this was actually born during lockdown um, because I was witnessing firsthand how some of my colleagues across the sector were really struggling with the business of business. So these are nursery owners that have fantastic businesses the quality of care and how they look after their staff and parents and the children is brilliant outcomes for children is brilliant however they're stressed they're overwhelmed because underneath all of this is a business and actually i think because we're looked after by the department for education we're governed by ofsted so we all know that you know the quality of the care and the impact on the children's lives is paramount but often that then means that the business of business gets forgotten um and i just i just it broke my heart actually watching so many nursery owners just become overwhelmed with the pressures of navigating a business through a global pandemic and it was something that resonated with me because it didn't take a global pandemic for my business to fall apart um, in 2018, when the business was eight years old, um, we, we'd had a turbulent eight years, um, but we'd always got by. I'd always got enough money in the bank to pay my suppliers and my staff. Uh, Ofsted thought we were great. Our parents loved us. My staff were amazing. So the world felt good. Um, then fast forward to December 2018, the Ofsted inspector came out. She graded us good, but told us we were fingertips away from outstanding, uh, which upset me because I do know my team are outstanding. And I think in my, I went away and licked my wounds and, you know, hid away in my, my house for a while. But what that meant was I'd taken my eye off the ball with regards to cash flow. And uh, on the 23rd of December 2018, I had to call my staff and tell them. I wouldn't be able to pay them early for Christmas, but not only that, I wasn't able to pay them at all. There was physically not enough cash in my bank for me to pay my, my team. Um, and when you your team works so hard and you're so proud of them, all I had was one job, pay the team. You know, they've got a million jobs to do. And it, it, it devastated me. So I can remember laying in my bed, you know, like sobbing, head in my pillow, and just thinking to myself, you know what I need to do? I need to go out and become the person that I need to be to have the business that I want. So yeah, so actually then to face up to my fear and say, right, I need to start again. I need to understand the skills that I need to run. The day-to-day part of the business is very different to running the actual business. I'm on a mission now to help 500 single site nursery owners fall back in love with their business my nursery we are the flexible childcare solution for busy families whereas my profitable nursery academy 
takes single site nursery owners from overwhelmed to over the moon. Two really interesting things that you've you've talked about so far in that bit. And one is that idea that nursery owners or nursery you know managers aren't necessarily very good at running a business because actually their focus is the children and childcare and that's where their expertise is. It's something that I think I suppose runs right the way through early years because in my experience a lot of the practitioners I get to talk to are amazing at telling you why the children in their care are incredible and can tell you all of the skills of little Jimmy who sits in the corner picking his nose and, and all of the reasons that he's brilliant but couldn't do the same things for themselves or put it in the TV as to why they're brilliant. And actually that, you know, we talked about self-care before the podcast, you know, when we're, when we're arranging things and you're all great at teaching everybody else how to look after each other, but terrible at looking after yourself because you're at the bottom of your own list. And I think when you apply that to self-development and the stuff that you're talking about in terms of your professional development, it's really easy to stick with the things we're good at and to concentrate on those and to especially because it's such a full-on career choice working in early years wherever you are in early years it's not restful there's not a lot of time for you and to you know I'm really lucky I'll get to have contact with early years and to, to absorb all of the amazing energy that comes from you all but with that distance of still being able to manage my own workload and decide when I do things and when is creative time and when is quiet time and when is let's blitz all the things time, you know. So when everything's really full on and your day is dictated by the tiny people around you and, and what their moods doing rather than your own, I think it it is really easy to to develop the areas that you enjoy most and that are easiest to develop. And, and it, it must become quite easy to put those more difficult things or the stuff that you're not really interested in but has to be done sort of to either the bottom of your list because it's draining or to put it to the top of your list when it's not the right time to put it to the top of your list and try and do it and then to beat yourself up because you're not in the right space to do it does that make sense exactly it done and it's that understanding isn't it about number one self-care isn't a luxury it's a necessity um and you are exactly right in that you know you are never going to find more time in a day you know most practitioners are working a 10-hour day okay so that's not even including transport to and from work time or the reading that they do outside of work because you're genuinely interested so you do pick up nursery world and have a read of the articles on there and you have a google around and you might come and have a click about on the cash alumni website and read some stuff and most of them you know again high priority of the practitioners go to um go home to children so you know we we do the day job and then we you know we live it (laughs) as we get home um but yeah i just think it's that understanding, isn't it, of, first of all, it's okay not to be okay. And, you know, creating the ki- kindness as a culture in your setting. Um, and that's what we've done. So we've got two key drivers. Number one is kindness, but number two is solution focused. Because our time is so precious, you know, we are primarily very good at talking about what's wrong. But if we've only got one hour in the day and we spend that hour talking about what's wrong, there is no time left to create a solution. Um, so I created a thing in my nursery called a solution sheet. Um, it sounds so much more snazzier than it is. It's basically an A4 piece of paper with 
what's the issue down one side and then you have to give three recommendations of how that could be better um, and the reason is is that of those three one will be what you can do um, and I always you know that what the team do now is is that rather than spending the hour talking about what's wrong we spend an hour talking about which one of those three ways is the best to move it forward um, there's no more time in the day that took the same hour it's just at the end of the hour rather than everybody agreeing that that's the problem you've now got at least three solutions if not more that's a really really nice way to look at it looking at that idea of just starting the conversation in a different place because by bringing it to a meeting you've already identified the problem really because otherwise you wouldn't be bringing it to somewhere to talk about it but actually just starting that conversation in a different place around the exploration of how we fix it is it's a nice framing I like that like you said it's so easy and it's second nature isn't it to talk about what's wrong what's wrong here what's wrong what's wrong when actually it's like we know that's wrong. How do we make it better? And we do that. You know, we're talking here now. That could be talking about an individual child. You know, oh, we've got a problem with little Johnny at the moment. You know, it would seem he's quite hungry because he just wants to eat his friends. <laughs> you know, how, how how do we look at that? Right through to, like you said, how do, how do I manage my own time? You know, I want to develop myself. I, I know that behaviour management or, you know, understanding why children respond the way they do is it interesting to me how do I find time in my day to to learn about that the one thing in early years we are forever talking but there are two things are we ever we're always talking but are we communicating and we're always talking but are we ever heard and I just think you know as nursery owners that's something that I, I get my clients to really reflect on like are you actually hearing what your team are telling you um, because we're very good, aren't we? Oh, I think this, and what if it's that, and it could be this? I, th I think everyone's guilty of that. I don't think that's just in early years that I think this is what people think of. Um, I think it's one of the reasons that that whole idea of like 360 degree appraisals are quite nice, where you know you actually ping off a request to some colleagues to to actually give you some proper feedback. Um, when we do that, that doesn't actually come to us either. That goes to our line manager so that they can then sort of look at it and ask questions and put it back to you as constructive, useful feedback. But it always amazes me, again, like that massive generalization and just my own assumptions that people in the early years probably struggle with the same thing that I do along that is that you either go, oh, well, I'm just saying that to be nice. Or, well, you know, I think people think all these really negative things about us. But actually, when I get feedback, it's always really nice. It's always like really helpful and beneficial and actually makes us feel just a bit better about myself and, and to identify things that I, I hadn't necessarily thought I was good at and reframe things a bit. One of the big things that I'm an advocate of is we've created a gratitude space. Um, because there are some times, aren't there, where people do do things that are nice, um, you know, and also the gratitude space is supported by our what we call professional discussions, because one of the skills going into the world is to be able to hear that maybe somebody does know how to do something a little bit better. And maybe, you know, with a little bit of moulding, you yourself could improve. I'm such an advocate for personal and professional development you know it is and I think that is echoed in my team in that we're a graduate-led provision at the moment as we sit here a hundred percent of my workforce 
are engaged in some form of professional qualification. So whether that be doing their BA honours, their foundation degrees, or their kind of, you know, their cash level threes or twos or whatever, everybody is doing something. And I think that's because we are in that culture of learning is exciting. You know, there's my, my, you know how in early years, the children have a development record. My team have a development record. Yeah. So everything that we do for the children, we do for the staff. So, you know, we observe the children while staff observe each other as well. And it all goes into the same online portal. You know, so we will not only will we take like cute photos of, you know, little Johnny taking his first steps, we'll also take a cute photo of the practitioner, you know, perhaps doing something amazing and i know it sounds a bit quirky but you know it's what it's doing is just it's just creating a a really safe place to be authentic career progression isn't always clear you know you where do you go if you go into a nursery it's not like there's a cpd framework and it's if you do this qualification then you're going to move into this role or you're able to do this much it's very much at the moment still a sector where it's a bit of feel your way and i think One of the things that I talk about quite a lot is actually one of the benefits of that is that it's still a sector where you can carve your own niche. So you've got practitioners like Minnie Yonkbaya, you know, discovering that she's really interested in the neuroscience and development of children's brains and how that impacts on co-regulation and self-regulation. And and that, you know, as well as applying that in our practice and doing the stuff, she then went on and did all that study and is now a doctor of all of that study and helping settings to improve that for their children and campaigning with an education. And then you've got things like, you know, the, the PANCO now existing, which came from a practitioner, you know, and they've been really interested in health and wellbeing and nutrition and exercise and, and applying that. And there's now a regulated qualification that feeds into an established role that, but that all came from practitioners going, oh, I'm really interested in this, and that doesn't exist. Let's make it exist. And do you know what? I think that's exactly where our sector needs to be proud, in that, you know, a title doesn't make you any more important. And actually, what we can do, you know, we are the architects of the brains of the future. You know, we are sitting there with a task or a responsibility that is bigger than anything anyone could ever imagine you know we have to sit there day in day out and be not only kind of the educator but we've got a pastoral role you know we caring for these children and we are we are setting them up we are building those foundations for the rest of their lives and if they come to us and they have a positive experience and we we make learning fun and transitions scary but doable then that's what they'll take with them for the rest of their lives so you know when people say to me oh but i'm just you know well, i'm only a level three and i'm like you are no you're an architect of the future brains you are molding and shaping what the future will look like yeah actually one of my one of my most hated words when i talk to practitioners both in early years and in wider education and care is that often you'll ask people what they do and they'll go oh i just and it's either i just work with children or i just work in care or i just you're like well hang on because i couldn't do that i couldn't bring my whole self to work every day and be it that you know like 
at you know worked in customer service for a long time and that was draining enough that you know in terms of that having to be there and having to always be switched on and in that place you know and it yeah it i find it really sad when people use just not just because then it, it, it communicates that feelings about themselves and maybe where they started on this journey you know but sadly we know that a lot of people still come to childcare or to care because of that horrible idea that they didn't weren't able to go and do what the, the you know there is still that awful like why don't you go over there and do these things attitude in 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 you know some of that younger navigation of stuff um but also because it it does down the entire sector. So people aren't only doing a disservice to themselves or compounding their feelings about themselves and how they feel about what they do, but actually they're commenting on their colleagues and and their entire sector and actually how much you all contribute to not just the lives of children, but to, to everyone in society. And there's all this idea that, that you benefit children, but I don't even have any children of my own. I've got a niece and a nephew and I love them dearly. I don't have any children, but without you all going to work every day, my life couldn't happen because none of my colleagues would be able to come to work and none of the bus drivers would be able to go and drive their buses because everybody would be at home with their own children and society would grind to a halt. It's it's not just children and their parents that you all serve. It's everyone that benefits from childcare provision. And you know what? If one of my, if, if a silver lining around the, the COVID global global pandemic could be one thing. I, I do hope it's that. I do hope it's that that for some of those people that work in childcare can see just that. You know how much of an integral part of society it is, and and actually how you know we've alluded to it quite a few times with what we're talking about, Dawn, and it's about that again. You keep talking about that emotional investment from practitioners. You know. When you turn up to work, it doesn't matter what's gone on at home or what's going on in your home life. You have to be there and you have to be present and you have to have and be able to give everything. You know, you are thinking in the moment, you're reacting and responding constantly to, you know, all those little people around you, as well as who you are, your, your colleagues, your managers. Um, and that, that emotional investment is massive um and that's why i always say to people you know this job is not for the faint-hearted you know there are easier ways to make more money than working in childcare you know i always say to them you know gosh supermarkets pay a lot more and you do a lot less no disrespect to you know colleagues in supermarkets but what i'm trying to say is is that i think childcare is not the easy option no, and I think even just in terms of the amount of responsibility you hold in that role, that, that, that there's a, a, a difference there. So it might, you know, the difference might not come in workload or in, you know, the, but in terms of the responsibility and actually what you need to, to achieve. And again, that whole idea of having to bring your whole self to work every day, that is nowhere to hide when you work with children, um, is is that that is one of those big differences. It's 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 wrong that there, that there isn't more financial sort of reward for working in childcare. I just think as well, it's that whole like, you know, when you, you watch practitioners and, and you think to yourself, you know, some people have it so innately in them, which I often wonder if, is that why they struggle to 
justify what they're doing yes i think partly it is that 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 is definitely you know from my perspective and talking to people that is in in people who fail to recognize their own skills a lot of the time it is just because it's so part of who they are as a core being that sort of rationalizing that other people don't do that you know it's difficult it's difficult but everyone would just do that and no not everyone would just do that and not everyone would even know how to do that let alone that they would just then do it you know it they wouldn't necessarily be able to to they wouldn't know what to do and if they did know what to do and they did muddle through doing it they certainly wouldn't be able to explain it or to put the word none it or to to link it to all of these outcomes that you know that you're satisfying like there's a real skill in being able to link what you do with why you do it that is almost like the golden nugget for childcare management and not necessarily management as in a hierarchical role as in to manage yourself and your career through childcare that's the bit if you master that or when you master that that ability to say this is why I do this I've reflected so deeply in my own personality and who I am and I can actually you know the best way to do this we've found is to record you know actual video recordings because what that allows you to do um, you know with, with a good manager or mentor or peer sit back and watch you know yourself in an activity because it allows you to start saying oh yeah well actually what I what I saw was this you know, I could I could sense that little Johnny wasn't happy. Well, you know, you say to them, well, you know, why? Why? What? They'll go, oh, because look, you know. Yeah, it's because as humans, we, we pick up tiny little cues sort of in our subconscious and we then use those to make decisions or to come to conclusions about how someone's feeling. Or there's all of those micro expressions and all those things that we get from someone as a, as a, a feeling. But actually being able to watch it back on video and marry those things together and be able to to actively reflect on why we came to the conclusions we did not only helps to to sort of justify the actions we took that worked out well but also maybe to reflect on when we picked things up wrong and when maybe we can do a bit of self-reflection about our own self-regulation and things we might have brought to work with us that day you know and actually was little johnny sad or was i sad and did that make me think that he might be too because I picked up these things from the people I brought to work with us today and be able to do that? One of the things I find really interesting is that, again, talking about that self-reflection and looking at that stuff um, and going back to what you were talking about at the beginning in terms of your own development and the way that you decided to, to focus part of your career Um is that again, when people reflect on things and the stuff that they maybe haven't done as well, um, or things that have what seem like at the time to have a catastrophic impact and, and that you cry yourself to sleep over and stuff like that, that's not usually the area that people would choose to develop something extra in and to, to spend more time in. Um, and I think it's pretty special that you identified something that you didn't feel comfortable with doing on that day-to-day and decided that you wanted to do something about it not just for you but for everybody professional development is really important you know I've got a little a little mantra where I say you know you don't know what you know until somebody asks you what you know and actually you know investing your time into learning more about the job that you're in is 
isn't time wasted. You know, I'm one of these people where I, if I'm doing something, I'm jumping into it wholeheartedly, 100%. And actually, the reason I think that's so lovely is because that's then what you reap out of it. Bettering yourself, being the best version of who you can be, especially in early years, you know, we want it for the children, don't we? You know, the thing that we want for the children is for them to reach their full potential. We want to give them the skills, the confidence and the love so that they go out into the world ready to tackle anything. Well, actually, as an employer, that's exactly what I want for my team. I love it when my team come to me and say, do you know what, Lucy, I've, I've got a really difficult thing to tell you. Um, I am actually handing my notice in because I've got this insert fantastic job here. Yeah, I truly believe in what Richard Branson says is, you know, train people so they can leave, but treat them well enough so they stay. It's like that quote that um, it's, um, what if I train my staff and they leave and say, yeah, but what if you don't and they stay? Exactly. It's exactly that dawn, isn't it? You know, I I would rather they go. I, and I always send them on their way, you know, like I do the children, that whole full of pride in their next step. Because um, everything that we do, you know, where is that line realistically between how our desires and our wants for the children is exactly the same for me as my desires and wants for my team? You know, they're my children effectively, aren't they? That's why they have their own development record. That's why they have their own online learning journal. I think the other part of that is that in terms of your professional development and your ability, you know, as the person at the top of that tree or, you know, the more experienced practitioners in the bit is that if people develop and they move on, they're still in your network. You can still learn from them, but actually they're going into this new place to get all this new experience that you haven't got that they can then feed back into you as part of their professional network and help you continue to develop as well. It was really interesting just today, um, you know, on one of these like social media mummies groups, somebody's moving to our area and this lady's put a post on saying, you know, moving to the area in January, can you recommend a nursery? for my one-year-old and again the biggest compliment today was a member of my team who left me five years ago she was the first person to comment and you just think wow yeah I've got a parent who whose child was with us when we opened in 2010 and he started with us in the preschool so we only did a year so by 2011 you know he'd left to this day, his mum still tags me in things on Facebook. You know, like if she sees like a quote or, you know, a, a great activity for children, still t- her son is now in secondary school, but she's still tagging little angels in things because we've, we've created that legacy. I want to have an impact on people's lives so that they, they go, yeah, you know, I, I did it because... And it's yeah. like, you know, if, if I've improved just one person's life, then I'll feel accomplished. I just love what I do and it never feels like work. Do you know what I mean? When you just... I don't know what you mean. There's, there's a few days during the week that I, I feel guilty and I think, oh, I should do some work. And then I realise that I've been working for hours. <laughs> you see, it's been absolutely lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. Take care. Cheers. Bye. 
and thanks to you at home. Don't forget, for more great content tailored towards those working in care, health and education, it's free to join our network and you gain access to some great articles, videos and resources to support your career and some information about career development as well as our members' discount and benefits scheme. And if you'd like to feature on a future episode of podcast, please get in touch at alumni at cash.org.uk. Until next time, take care.